Live from Hollywood, California, it's The Rick Savage Show. It is The Rick Savage Show. I'm your host, Rick Savage. Welcome back to the podcast. Uh, Man, construction just follows me around wherever I go. Some people are haunted by ghosts or spirits. For me, job sites. (laughs) Uh, Kept having to delay this podcast because the the building across the street, uh, it doesn't matter. They're building a giant building. And they've they're past the phase of the outside structure. So now they're just backing up trucks all day long and like dropping off stuff that goes inside the building. So unless you wanted a podcast with a lot of like that beep 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 thing, I had to wait. And then remember remember my my previous apartment out in Venice, the the couple from True Blood was building uh was building their mini mansion and uh and they had to be <laughs> in some sort of violation of code because it took four years at least because I, I lived there for almost seven years and I moved out. It was still under construction. And recently I drove back and it looked like it was done. But these guys, Anna Pacquiao. <laughs> yeah, you know, Anna Pacquiao. She married the fighter. No, Paquin, something like that. Her and uh, the other dude from True Blood, they're married in real life. I never watched the show. But uh, but they were building a house across the street from my little apartment in Venice. And they basically bought, they had their home. And then there was an older apartment building next to their home. They bought that, kicked everyone out, tore it down, and basically doubled their, their home. You know, I don't want to get into a, a public person's financial situation. But what I would assume is, you know, I think they do pretty well, obviously. But they're not exactly, you know, they don't they don't have that Jennifer Aniston money, you know what I mean? And so I think when times were good, there'd be a lot of construction going on in the building. You know, they'd be shooting something, or the husband would be off doing some commercial in some other country, you know, making a lot of money. And then uh, there'd be a full crew, and they would be going to town on this house. And then when the work slowed down, it just sounded like one person with a hammer, and they would start at like six in the morning. And it was terrible. It got so bad I tweeted at them both. I was like, hey guys, I don't want to, you know, reveal where you live, but uh neighbor's not so happy. Let's pick it up. Anna never responded, but the dude did. He was nice and apologized. And one time the uh their housekeeper came over and gave us oranges. I guess they had an orange tree in the backyard. Doesn't necessarily make up for not sleeping past six or seven a.m. for a couple years but anyways wow that's a nice tangent to start the podcast well uh yeah i'm, I'm back i'm back in town we were uh hold on i got an iced coffee going here if you've never seen my recipe for iced coffee it's up on my youtube channel youtube.com slash rick savage show it's, it's a it's a really good tutorial on how to make an iced coffee we were in virginia for a wedding buddy of mine got married beautiful wedding uh it was at a place called river farm uh outside of alexandria virginia 
it's just gorgeous. It's just beautiful land. And, you know, the actual structure of the building that it was in was great too. But, you know, the uh, outside, you know, t- towards the back of the venue, there's just big green lush everything and these hills that roll down right to the Potomac. And I was like, man, this is beautiful. Like, what, what's the story behind this place? And I was talking to one of the one of the guys in the the wedding party, and he goes, uh, he goes, oh yeah, this was George Washington's farm. Oh, that explains why it's gorgeous. Evidently, George Washington, uh, this the way the story was told to me. I hope this is how it was. If this is, I don't know if this checks out historically or not. But George Washington bought up five or six farms in Virginia. And then said, uh, well, hey, why don't we just make the capital here? <laughs> I'm already here. All my farms are here. We'll just do the capital here. I don't know if that's true or not, but I like to believe it. Either way, this wedding was at one of George Washington's farms. It was amazing. And then um, we spent some time in Old Town, Alexandria, saw friends, saw family, went up to D.C. Oh, shit. My AC just popped on. Hold on. Wait. Wait. We can't have AC in the podcast. You probably can't even hear this, but... Sorry about that. That's one of those things that I hear the AC running. You probably can't hear it, but it drives me crazy because it's so loud in my headphones. So, Plus, you know, I like to work up a little sweat doing the podcast. Uh, so, yeah, we were in D.C., and the first day we went to – we walked along the mall and went to the Lincoln Memorial and Washington Monument, and we went to the National Archives. And if you've never gone to the National Archives, highly recommend – it was great because I, uh, I I said to Gina, I was like, you know, if I would have come here on an eighth grade field trip or sixth grade field trip like kids do, I don't know if I would have. I mean, I certainly wouldn't have appreciated it. I would have like maybe been interested, but not like I, I was today. So the archives is amazing. You can go in, you can see the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, the Magna Carta. There's all these exhibits. There's an exhibit um, talking about the 19th Amendment, women's suffrage. A lot of stuff about that I didn't I didn't realize. So it's incredible and it's inspiring. It also, it kind of checked me a little bit. Things maybe aren't so great right now. We're going to be just fine. You know, uh, we've been through a lot as a country. I don't think these four years, hopefully just four years is going to change the course forever. It's just a little, it's just a little detour, but we're going to be fine. And it's nice just putting a little historical context uh, behind this country that is very young compared to others, <laughs> but uh, but even you know a couple hundred years you go like oh yeah we're, we're gonna be just fine. It was funny seeing people wearing Trump stuff, doing the tours, and I you know I rolled my eyes of course, but then I thought I was like you know what if it was like year two or year three of Obama and I was visiting D.C. I might throw on an Obama shirt. I will say there's a certain there's a certain um, demeanor that folks at the Capitol wearing Trump stuff put off. It was definitely like I saw a few families where like everyone was head to toe. It was the Trump hats, even on the little kids, even like the five year olds wearing the Trump hats and the USA flags and the USA shorts. And it was it was a lot. But, you know, First Amendment. We're literally looking at it so you can wear whatever you want. It was fine. In some of the bookstores, people had turned over Trump books in the gift shop. A lot of the Trump books were were flipped so you couldn't see the cover, which I thought was kind of funny and kind of silly. 
but also in another section, it was there was three books in a row, and it was Abraham Lincoln, John Kennedy, and Donald Trump. It's like one of these things are not like the other. All in all, it was a great trip. It was nice. I got to talk to some people. Uh, you know, you get out of the bubble a little bit, and you get a different different perspective on on things. It was good. It's good. It also makes me think that uh, Trump definitely has a chance to get reelected. So let's not take anything for granted. All right, enough of that. Uh, D.C. was lovely. I hope you can go sometime. Virginia was beautiful. I had no idea. I'd been there once uh, many years ago. This must have been like 2008. Oh, that's not true. I was there for, I was there twice. I was there in like 2012 when I was doing a thing for Yahoo where we were kind of on tour, we were going to different cities and, and filming stuff. And we did some, some stuff in Georgetown. And I think one of the, I don't know if it was sprinkles, but one of those like cool cupcake shops was getting all the buzz. So we went and filmed some stuff there and it was fine. It was cute. Georgetown was cute. And then, um, and then we got out of town. So I didn't really see anything. The time I was in DC before that would have been like, yeah, 2007, 2008. And I was there with a band called Finch. Do you remember Finch? They were like a, like a screamo, uh, I don't know what to, comp- yeah, I guess. They were like a screamo band. Those guys just came out of nowhere. They were these kids from Temecula, and uh, and Atticus Clothing put out a compilation with a song on it, and then somehow that got passed over to us at the radio station I was at, and we started playing the song a bunch. They got signed to Drive Through Records. Kind of, you know, in that era of, I guess a little bit after Newfound Glory, but like the something corporate, uh, I don't even know some of the other bands, Midtown, like that era. And I got to be buddies with the guys. And then uh, a friend of mine was their new drummer. It doesn't matter. So I went on tour with them for maybe a month, a couple weeks. It was great. They were supporting him, that like crazy, like vampire rock band. I don't know. It was weird. Um, And one night we were in DC and they played... uh, Oh yeah, this is it. It was called Letters to You. Can't you see that I wanna be there with open arms? So you know, kinda like that uh, that mid two thousands emo stuff. Um And then they stop playing this song live. I hate when bands do that. Doesn't that scream? Jeez. I mean, that's a wonderful chorus. Well, these guys stopped playing this song. Because I think it was one of the first songs they ever wrote. They probably wrote it when they were like 15. And by the time that they were out on the road, they were in their 20s. Maybe a little embarrassed. I get it. It's a little silly. Some of the lyrics are a little juvenile. Maybe it's about a girl you don't talk to anymore. And that's weird. But it's like your biggest hit. Just play the fucking song, guys. Anyways, uh, great dudes. Band was called Finch. We were in Washington, D.C. They played the 930 Club, which is a pretty legendary um, venue. And we didn't know what to do. We, the, the band played, and the show ended around midnight, and we were just kind of sitting there on the bus. And it wasn't my idea, but someone smarter than me said, well, we're here. Why don't we just get a cab and go to the White House? So like at midnight or one in the morning, we just flagged down a cab. It was before Uber. Went to the White House. 
This is when you could still drive right in front of the White House before those barricades are there. And we got out and looked around, and then um, Capitol Security came by and was like, uh, you know, what the hell are you guys doing in the middle of the night? And we said we were at the 930 Club, and we came to look, and he's like, all right, let's uh, let's get a move on. And then we went to the Lincoln Memorial, and then uh, by that time it was like 2, and we were any any place we went, I don't know if there's a curfew or not, but any place we went, very quickly security was like, all right, let's wrap it up here, boys. And then we took off. And the 930 Club, uh, back then, not a good part of town. Even the dudes at the club were like, don't go explore. There was a, Across the street, there was like one of those Chinese food slash fried chicken slash donut shop. I still don't understand how that happens. That's all. Is that? I don't know how that happens. We have those in LA. Chinese food and donuts. All right. So there's one of those. And I remember we got food. And the dude at the venue is like, don't, don't explore any farther than that. You might, you might not come back. But now the area around the DC club is popping. I was talking to some friends and there's art galleries and cool restaurants and hipster coffee shops and all sorts of stuff. So, you know, gentrification at its finest, I guess, for better or worse. I do have one other thing kind of related to politics. It's amazing to me how bad the Democrats are at marketing social media, uh, getting your message across in a simple, clear manner. It's very frustrating. So the Democrats on Twitter, which is, you know, the, the, the Twitter for the DNC at the Democrats. So bad. Uh, let me see how to explain this. So the tweet had a photo attached and it, in the photo image, so this isn't the copy of the tweet. This is just the attached photo. It says, get your free limited edition boy buy phone wallpaper. Text boy buy to 43367. And then the image is a photo of Trump about like his eyes are cut off. So like his nose down, not, not a, obviously not a flattering photo. And it just says, boy, by 2020 democrats.org. So already I have so many issues with this. Number one, what Democrat wants a photo of Trump on their phone as their wallpaper image? 0%, 0%, not even 1%. If you want a photo of Elizabeth Warren, Kamala, Beto, Biden, I guess, if you want, it's fine. Uh, okay. You want a photo, and it's black and white, and it's, you know, his face is behind the words boy by 2020. So it's partially covered. But nonetheless, when you look at your phone, you're going to see his face. So 0%. Maybe one, but I'd like to speak with you. So already the idea behind this marketing campaign is flawed. From the jump, terrible. Now, the tweet, whew, the tweet that goes with it, the copy is, this is a whole mood. Text boy bye to 44, whatever, to get this exclusive wallpaper. This is a whole mood. When did the tone and voice of Twitter become a sassy black woman? Like, how could you not see... Like if you really want to go into the weeds, it's it's borderline offensive. Was boy by a Beyonce thing? Tell him boy by wasn't that the? It's a lyric, right? 
Well, it's clearly uh, an African-American woman expression. I'm not saying we all can't use it. I've used it from time to time. It's a little exploitive coming from a political party. And then to add, this is a whole mood. It's frustrating. So what I tweeted, I said, I get why this happened. Whoever conceived this missed a key tenant of brand social. It might have been written by a cool 27-year-old, but the tone is for a personal post. This is a brand, in all caps. As cool hip as you want your voice to be, brand self-awareness is essential. This has zero. I understand how this happens. I get it. I used to work in social media. And there'd be ideas that would pop up, and I would tweak them or say, let's try something else, because it may be funny coming from your social channel. If that tweet came from whoever wrote it, the staffer that came up with that idea from their personal handle and the logo, you know, the icon is a face and it's coming from a person that would speak like that, then maybe it's okay. It's still a little cheesy, but okay. But to come from the debt, that doesn't make any sense. You're a brand. You can be hip and funny. I get it. You want to like break through the noise. This is not the way to do it. This happened with Hillary a couple times too. I'm not going to say any names because some people that listen to this are friends with the person that maybe helped Hillary with some of that stuff. But like Pokemon go to the polls, you know, we get it. You've been on the internet. That's not how you appeal to young voters. Young voters aren't dumb. Don't be so bad at this stuff. We got a year and a half. Be better. (laughs) Okay. All right. Well, that's it. That's it for the political stuff. But you know what is really bothering me this week that shouldn't be? Is uh, so Taylor Swift (laughs) releases a song. I like Taylor. She's fine. She makes fun pop songs. All good. I don't care either way. I'm not a Swifty. But man, do people love to hate on Taylor Swift. It's just such an easy target. So she has a new song out. It's called You Need to Calm Down. There's a lot of uh, LGBTQ positive lyrics. And the video is kind of an anthem. And a bunch of people from the community are involved. And she makes up with Katy Perry and all this stuff. And it's great. Here, you want to hear a little bit? It's a catchy little song. This is the second verse. You are somebody that we don't know. But you're coming at my friends like a missile. Why are you mad? When you could be glad. You could be Sunshine on the street at the parade. But you would rather be in the dark age. Just making that sign. Must have taken all night. You just need to take several seats and then try to restore the peace and control your urges to scream about all the people you hate. I love that line. Shade never met. Shade never made anybody less gay. And then earlier in there, she says, why would you be mad when you could be glad? But glad is spelled G-L-A-A-D. Yeah. And uh, if you've never seen the video, it's fine. But it's basically like a bunch of hillbillies are protesting. And uh, that's when she like says the dark ages line. They're holding the homosexuality is a sin sign, all that kind of shit. And then it's, you know, her and her friends run around being fabulous. That's great. It's a good message. So if you just scroll through the headlines in response to this video, 
both sides hate Taylor, evidently. You've got the Federalists saying, Taylor Swift, you need to calm down, is breathtakingly elitist. Then you've got Taylor Swift is ego stronger than pride. Taylor Swift, you need to calm down, hijacks queerness. That's from the Atlantic. Uh, Taylor Swift, you need to calm down, video wants to be a gay anthem from Vox. Guys, okay, if the right wants to come at her because she's pro-gay marriage, oh, okay, fine, that's that. That's in your your playbook, I get it. But a lot, I mean, I even saw like the guys, it's not Pod Save America, but it's their other podcast that like talks about pop culture, was railing against this. First off, pick your battles. Let's just start there. You've got a giant pop star that is on the same political wavelength as you. Let's ride with it, obviously. And she can't win. You know what I mean? Like, I can't believe I'm defending Taylor Swift, but yellow. When she, you know, was being accused of ripping off black culture and stealing from Beyonce and all this stuff, okay. Yeah, she's not giving enough respect to the communities that she uh, appears to be a part of or wants to be. Okay, so now she's on the complete other angle and is trying to like raise awareness and. Um, getting petitions going and and speaking out about the laws in Tennessee or home state. Okay, that's not good enough either. What do you want her to do? I never understood this argument. She is the exact person you need saying these things because so much of her fans are middle America young white kids. This is exactly the voice that needs to say this. I remember when Jay-Z and Beyonce performed at a Hillary Clinton rally. And I was like, that's fine, but all of their fans are already voting for Hillary. Get Eminem to perform and all of his young white fans, maybe that would be something. I remember Macklemore went through all this shit too when he came out with Same Love. It's like, who else? Or he has this stuff about white privilege. Who else better to talk to his fans? His fans are young white kids or old white kids but I'm sure it's predominantly white. Who else to bring that message to people that maybe aren't exposed to it than someone like Taylor Swift? I'm, try- I'm trying to think. Okay, so if Adam Lambert or Tegan and Sarah or Neon Trees, of course they're going to have songs about pride and what they've gone through growing up that no one else can relate to. Of course they are. That's great. But don't you need like a mainstream middle America artist to say these same things to break through to new groups of people? It's like uh, Dan Reynolds, the kid from Imagine Dragons, who, by the way, no more Imagine Dragons jokes. <laughs> I even tweeted at Hassan because they had a Imagine, Jag- Imagine Dragons joke in Patriot Act a couple weeks ago. It's like making a Nickelback joke. Like, all right, you don't like Imagine Dragons. Who gives a shit? They're good dudes. You know, the kid, the Dan from Imagine Dragons, you know, is trying to completely change the way the Mormon church relates to or speaks about or welcomes or doesn't welcome LGBTQ people. Of course it should be him. Of course it should be a straight dude in a pretty mainstream America rock band. Just pick your battles. I don't get it. I guess the only answer is for Taylor Swift to retire and never record music again. <sighs> this is when uh this is when us liberals get in our own way. It's really frustrating. 
Oh, you know what? Let's do the let's do Savage of the Week now. You know, sometimes I I just get firing on all cylinders, and then it's towards the end of the episode. We have ads around Savage of the Week, then we have ads at the end. I know sometimes I don't space it out well enough. That's my bad. I'm gonna work on it. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, very. <laughs> it's a very silly Savage of the Week this week. So right after this, we'll do uh, we'll do a silly Savage of the Week. At Capital One, you can open a new savings account in about five minutes and earn five times the national average. Five minutes? That's less time than you spend arguing about how to pronounce GIF. Wait, GIF or JIF? Uh, hard G. Less time than you spend trying to stick to your paleo diet. Resist the carbs. Ooh, brownies. No brownies. That's about five minutes to earn five times the national average savings rate. This is Banking Reimagined. Capital One, what's in your wallet? Terms apply. Rate comparison based on FDIC national rate. Capital One NA member FDIC. What a fucking savage! I'm a savage. I'm a savage. They like savage, why you got a 12 car garage and you only got six cars? Something about you turns me to a savage. Okay. Very silly. But sometimes you need like a silly savage to break it up. You know, sometimes it's too serious. Let's see. I, I think this originated. I, it got retweeted a couple different times into my feed. And I was like, this will work. But I think this is the, the original dude that followed it. Josh Jordan is his name on Twitter. Numbers Muncher is his handle. Get a better handle. His copy is this real video from GE, General Electric. This real video from GE on how to reset their C light bulbs is the most incredible how-to video you'll ever see. <laughs> they want to see how far they can push their customers before they snap. This is a three-minute video. I don't know if I'm going to play the whole thing, but all you need to know, sometimes when I play videos on here, it's like, oh, maybe it's lost in translation. If you can't actually see the video, this one doesn't matter. All you have to do is picture a little couch with a, you know, like a, what do they call it? Like a little throw rug off, like a very nice Ikea, you know, but like that style, just a little love seat and a little, little throw rug over the, the edge of the couch. And then there's a lamp hanging over. And then, um, and then you see a hand come into frame to adjust the lamp and reset the light bulbs. So imagine you bought some C light bulbs from GE and for whatever reason, you know, maybe uh, the the app on your phone isn't connecting. You need to you need to reset those light bulbs, and this is the instructional how to video General Electric sends you. Welcome to C by GE Smart Tips. We're going to show you how to factory reset your C by GE bulbs, which will unpair your bulb from other devices and apps that it's connected to. Okay, so there far so good. There are two factory reset processes. Two, not Which too bad. depend on the generation of bulbs and the firmware you're running on. Okay. Here's the first process. Designed for bulbs with this package or for firmware version 2.8 or later. Oh, okay, great. Start great. with your bulb off for at least five seconds. Then turn on the bulb for eight seconds. Okay. They're counting the eight seconds. Turn off for two seconds. Turn on for eight seconds. Okay, okay that's probably... Like, I, I get it. Turn off oh. for two seconds. Oh. Turn on for eight seconds. I mean, that has to be the last one. I mean, how many times do you need to turn, turn it on? Turn off oh. 
for two seconds. Turn on for eight seconds. <laughs> Turn off for two seconds. Okay. Turn on for eight seconds. You've got to be fucking kidding me. Turn off for two seconds. <laughs> and then turn it on one last time. Oh, one last time? The bob will flash on and off three times to show that the reset was successful. If it okay. doesn't, your bulb may be running on an older version of firmware and will need to try the second factory reset process. Well, the second one must be much easier, right? It's older firmware. You probably don't need to do all the like. Which is designed for C by GE bulbs with this package or for firmware version 2.7 or earlier. Oh yeah, I have that package. Ready? Okay, yeah, okay. I am ready. I am Start ready. with your bulb off for at least five seconds. No problem. Then turn on the bulb for eight seconds. It's a long time. I feel like we're going down the same path here. Turn off for two seconds. Turn on for two seconds. Oh. Turn off for two seconds. What? Turn on for two seconds. What? what Turn it? off for two seconds. Oh, okay. Okay. Turn on for two seconds. Turn off for two seconds. Bro. Turn on for eight seconds. Eight now. Turn off for two seconds. Turn on for eight seconds. Are you kidding me with this? Turn off for two seconds. And then turn it on one last time. The bulb will flash on and off three times if it has been successfully reset. What if it has For more smart tips been about successfully our smart products, reset. go to cbyge.com. Nope, I don't need any more tips. We're good. Uh whew. There's no way I would I would obviously I would throw out the light bulb and get a new light bulb. This is when you need the VP of common sense before this is released to sit with the engineers or whoever on the product team was like, okay, I know how we can reset these lights. We're going to do a two and eight rhythm for a minute and a half. And that's how they can reset a $10 light bulb. I don't know how expensive these are. How does that how does that get approved? How does that leave the building? It makes no sense to me, but but I love it. And uh and GE, that's a savage video. What a fucking savage! You know, just just when I get uh frustrated with Twitter or I'm looking around and it's just all negative, then you get then you get GE coming through strong. And just I my whole body perked up when I watched that. When we were flying back from D.C. Oh, I forgot to mention one other thing. My buddy Greg texted me and he's like, hey, man, uh, if you go to your congressperson's office, you can ask for tickets to see the the house. Um, you can go to the gallery of the house or you can see the, the Senate. You can go to the Senate floor. I think the Senate has to be in, in session, but the house doesn't. I was like, okay, we had a few hours before our, our flight. So we drove back to D.C., and you go to, um, I think it was the Rayburn office building, which is basically across the street from the Capitol. And you go through kind of a airport security checkpoint thing, obviously. But then you could just kind of explore through the one of the buildings where all the Congress folks are. And we found Adam Schiff's office, and we went up to his office. And it says, uh, you know, Adam Schiff, please come in. So we just opened the door and went into his office. 
and there was a staff of three or four folks sitting right there. And they said, can I help you? And I said, yeah, we're, uh, we're constituents of the congressman. Uh, I heard we can get passes to go view the, the House and the Senate. And she was like, absolutely. By the way, didn't check my ID. Didn't confirm I was a constituent, which leads me to believe you could go to any congressperson's office and ask for it. But maybe she just saw us and was like, yeah, these, these two are from West Hollywood. So we got passes, and then uh, it, they weren't in session, but we still went and, and viewed the House floor, which was really, really cool to see uh, in person. And the passes, uh, I'm going to post them on my social media channel, on my Instagram. The passes are, you basically get free souvenirs because the House one is signed by Adam, and the um, the Senate one, I think it's Kamala Harris's uh, signature because she's our senator. So so we we saved those. We'll probably frame those. Those That's really cool. I mean, it's not a real signature. It's like a stamp, but whatever. It just looks very, it looks rad, actually. Uh, so, sorry, I forgot to include that earlier. If you go to D.C., find out where your congressperson's office is, go say hi, and get some passes. It's a very cool experience. So, we're flying home. And, oh, another tip for you. Right now, I think if you get the Southwest credit card and you spend, I think it's 3000 bucks in the first three months, you get a companion pass. And that is awesome. So we have a lot of miles on Southwest. So now when we fly, we use miles and I'm Gina's companion. So I fly for free a lot of times and it's awesome. So do that. So we're flying home and the downside is Southwest doesn't have a lot of nonstops. You know, if you're flying to the other side of the country, you're probably gonna have a layover. So on the way home, we fly from DC to, oh, the, the layover was at Midway in Chicago. As we're about to board or they're about to start the boarding process in DC for our flight home, uh, the person working the gate comes out and she's like, you know, group A, line up and, you know, here's how we're going to, when the families can come on, if you need special assistance and all this. And then she says, uh, tomorrow we're celebrating, and I think she said Southwest's 48th birthday, or maybe her 40, someone's birthday was tomorrow. And she goes, to celebrate, if you could name the character on my socks, you could board now. And I glance down, she has those cool socks made by Stance, I think, Stance socks, and she's worn shorts, so these are pulled up to kind of her knee, and it's a cartoon drawing of Tupac, and it's got a white bandana, like an actual bandana around her shin, I guess, where the bandana would be on his head, you know, Tupac used to always wear bandanas, so I looked, and I was like, well, that's obviously Tupac, and then instantly a dude went up there and said to her, Tupac, but quietly, so no one else could hear, and she was like, all right, line up, and then she goes, anyone else does anyone else know my and i was like does do all these people not so i just walked up and i was like it's tupac and she's like yeah are you flying alone i was like i have a guest she's like get your guests line up right here i got to board first because i knew tupac socks so shout out to southwest i know people love bitching about airlines i have friends that all the only time they use twitter is to bitch on airlines to try to get some free miles i guess all good do you I'm a fan of Southwest again because Tupac socks. Hashtag Tupac socks. And then we flew to Chicago and I had a little layover in Chicago. Uh, just enough to go grab an Italian beef sandwich. And they did not have old style. Really wanted an old style beer. But, uh, but I had an Italian beef, which was nice. Which is just a little bit different. You know, we have coals out here. You know, we have they're kind of like roast beef style sandwiches. But just the seasoning. I don't know if it's a little spicier, the Chicago style Italian beef. Oof, very good. So I had one of those, and then we uh, we got on the plane and flew all the way home. I guess be on alert. Southwest, they do that shit now, and usually it's annoying. 
You know what I mean? They they play games at the gate. Usually it's like, just let us board. But not this time. Oh, and we had a flight attendant that sang. What is that? No more flight attendant talent shows. Hold on. I'm, I've, I've, I videotaped it. So we're going to, we're going to, you got to, I had to experience this. So now you have to, too. This was on our flight out there and we had to lay over in Texas and it was just a few, I, maybe like 20 minutes or something. So we just walked to another plane and it actually was nice. You kind of, I always dread the layovers, the one-stop flights, but when it's long, it's kind of nice to stretch your legs a little bit and go grab a snack if you need to or whatever. So, uh, so on the flight out there, our layover was in Texas and evidently um, our flight attendant uh, thought, well, she thought this would be a good idea. No, no, yeehaw. No, 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 yeehaw. No singing. That's not part of your job. It's not a talent show. Don't rap. Don't rap the uh, the safety instructions. Uh, don't make the joke about the seatbelt. Just, just say the shit just as quickly as you can. And then we can all go back to dreading the next four hours. But Tupac socks made up for it, so it's fine. All right. I don't know if we have anything else. I think that's kind of that's kind of it. Uh, you know, I keep talking about doing the 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 mid nineties commentary. I was gonna try to do it before we left, just ran out of time. I, I'm gonna do it. I'm maybe even this weekend. Seven people will listen to that episode. June twenty eighth, I'll be at uh, Flappers Comedy Club in Burbank. You can go to flapperscomedy.com for tickets. Uh, it's gonna be a good show. The other comics are super funny, and I'm actually trying to figure out. I'm not gonna do the same five minutes I did the last time I was at Flappers. You gotta change it up. You know, people get bored. It's the same stuff. And I'm going back and forth. I have one five minute story that isn't. It's funny at times. It's also serious at other times. Uh, and then I got five minutes of just dumb, dumb jokes. So I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do. But either way, if you went to one of the last shows, this will be different. And the other comics are great. So uh, June 28th, it's a Friday. It's the 7.30 show at Flappers Comedy Club. Come out. It'll be fun. Uh, you follow me on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram at Rick Savage. And then leave a rating or a review if you never have. I'd appreciate it. Tell a friend. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, I hope you have a great week. I'll talk to you soon. See you later. Bye. This is the Rick Savage Show.